Are you the kind of gal who isn't interested in how things used to be in the hair industry, who wants to hear from ladies who are paving their own way while making waves? Well then, She Makes Waves is for you. Hey guys, so I know a lot of you have already downloaded the free workbook for She Nets Worth, but if you haven't, head over download that. And if it still leaves you wanting more, you're in for a treat. I'm going to be launching end of September, my course, She Nets Worth, a hairstyle's guide to going independent. So for anyone who is on the cusp, who's like in the next year, in the next six months, I'm not doing it yet, but I want to go independent or you've gone independent and you're like, I need a roadmap. I'm here. I did it. I pulled the trigger and I'm not sure what I'm doing now. This course is also for you. So I've taken it back to the drawing board. I've taken all of the learnings and all the teachings from my one-on-one coaching, and I've compiled it together in an at-your-own-pace five-week course. So I'm so excited. It'll be teaching you everything from how to read a profit and loss statement to how to get an LLC. So um, policies, procedures, everything that I do and make my business run in such a way where I can have the life of my dreams while running a business. So head over to my website, wavemaking.com slash course and get on the wait list because I don't want you to miss this. Guess who's back? Back again. Donna Lindsay's back. (laughs) Tell your friends. Oh, we're the biggest nerds. I'm at least the biggest nerd there is. Uh, I'm excited for another podcast episode with you, Lindsay. That never gets old. I hope this never ends. I think we're just gonna, let's just like, become reality internet TV show friends. Yeah. Could that like, be a thing? Yeah, I like it. Like we'd have two two camera crews following us each around and then we'd like daily get on Zoom and like catch up or something. Funny because we might have the same lives. We're just with our dogs and just like, I like, I like pop like you do. And yeah, I've got my pop. I like really full glass. Hey, you got a lot to talk about. You need to be charged up. Yeah. So, whoa, that's, I just really yelled into my mic. So this week we're talking about communication. Um, what is the initial gut response you feel when you hear that word? I, I feel like what I want to say is just like over communicate. Like I want to, I think I want to, when I think about communication, I think about all the things like the things you're not saying that you're saying through your actions or, you know, the conversations that need to be had. And uh, I think it's so less, much less scary than we think. But I, I guess that's what comes up for me, that if I'm unwilling to communicate something, I'm communicating it in another way. A hundred and ten percent. I think that's the thing is like when I like when I'd hear communication before in my life, I'd be like, like tense up it like communication equaled confrontation in my mind oh yes and so but like what the thing I've learned is that by not communicating I'm still communicating something non-verbally and there's a lot of non-verbal communication that us people pleasers recovering people pleasers and people who you know have struggled with boundaries and with worth and understanding all that stuff it's like we want to avoid the discomfort and we want to make sure that we're caring for people but our lack of verbal communication actually communicates that we don't care. Yes. Yeah. And like, no. that's the opposite of what we want. Yeah. And I think about like with communication, like my version of over communicating is, is not 
is what I've learned about communication is I'll think a lot of times that what I'm about to say is repetitive or it's, it's like people should be getting it or whatever. But I find that like whenever I'm in doubt, do I mention this or do I not? I never regret mentioning it. I never yeah. regret conversation and the assumptions that I've made around what communicating is and isn't is really just based on the lens I view the world through. Absolutely. And like, how many times I'm I'm curious if you've ever felt frustrated because something that is common sense to you isn't common sense to someone else. And you're like, why aren't they getting this? And you realize, oh, I never actually told them. Oh, I mean, all the time. You're <laughs> <laughs> like, I actually didn't want to be recording with you right now. And I thought you knew that. <laughs> Session, is that what, can we segue this? And uh, no, I think you, you know, that's something you and I, you help me with is that like, sometimes I'm like, why is this happening? And you're like, well, did you tell them that that, and it was like, well, Don, I mean, it's the year 2020. I need to have that conversation. <laughs> you're like, yeah. So I feel like for me, it, it, I, I'm something I'm really self-aware about that what it, what's, what I think is common sense is not. Yeah. And oftentimes what I see happen in our industry is like people, um, we're so, we're so involved in our industry because we've been in it for years that what's common sense to us, we think is common sense to the consumer. Like, no, I can't fit in color onto your haircut appointment. What the fuck? <laughs> right? Like, and like, but they don't know. And so instead of like getting um, upset or, or offended by someone like asking something, and that kind of goes back to those boundaries that we talked about a few weeks ago, is like, instead of being offended, just being like clarifying, being like, oh, unfortunately, like that's not the way it can work. And like, I really want this for you too. And like empathizing, but like, I, like, oh, I wish I could do this color for you right now, but unfortunately we're only booked in for an hour. Oh, oh, you want a full head, but you only booked for a partial? Like, yeah, that would be so sweet. And I think that would look amazing on you. I don't have enough time today. Yeah. And I think we see it, like we're so in it that we think that everyone gets it. But how many times have you been in a business where the person has acted short with you or expected you to understand how something works that you've never had happen, you've never been a part of. I can think of like multiple places or multiple kind of situations. Even I would say just being pregnant and going to the doctor's appointments, you know, I've never been pregnant before. So when they look at you like, you need to, you need to go and do this. And you're like, Oh, I didn't realize. Okay. What do you, what do you need me to do? Like just this assumption that people know the next steps or how to, you know, you know, kind of play in this area. Like I've never gone and had a glucose test. I didn't know that you wanted me to drink this and time myself for an hour, like just, <laughs> and then getting annoyed at you. And, and I, I'll even see it like as a third party at places now. And I'm like, wow, like, I, I watched and I'm like, wow, if she had said to her, like, hey, you come in for your 13, 13 week visit, like you need to have a full bladder. Like I watched this person be so frustrated, like, but I have to go to the bathroom. And the person's like, ma'am, you need to wait. And it's just like, no one communicated what the expectation was. And you watch these things bubble up or like the post office in Chicago is a very stressful place. And I watch as each person comes in and the stress level of the one person working behind the desk goes up. <laughs> I kind of wanted to be like, hi, everyone. Um, so there's one person working today. She's wonderful. But like, you know, like, like it's almost like communicate what the expectations are. And I yeah. feel 
that's just, we, we think that people get it. And like with care color, especially we're like, you can't just add a base color on. It's like, well, they don't know that. No. And we just have to, and that's why I think that's so great that you bring up those external examples. Cause it's been, I have learned better communication through other businesses, really shitty communication. And my example that I always use is the decal on my door to my salon. I sent them. So my old logo was like this kind of like circle, kind of like splotchy, kind of like it looked kind of like a piece of paint thrown with with a white db on it and like the db kind of went over top of it and it kind of flicked out and the db was white and then the, it was a pink background and then or the pink circle and then a transparent background right so I sent that file over and then when they came and put the decal up the whole it was a big square sticker that was completely white so the db like was white with the white background. So you couldn't see like the flick of the B, right? Like where, do you know, do you get what I'm saying? Yeah, we call them decals. So you lost me for a minute. Oh, what, what did I call it? A decal. A decal, right? Yeah, a decal. There's the Canadian and American decal. Translations here, which I think the, is helpful. The decal, the decal. That's like, we say templates and a lot of Americans say templates. And I've started saying templates because I'm around so many Americans all the time. So a decal. Yeah. Not a decal. Tracking you. I just, um, no, that's okay. So the decal slash decal. Um, so it was like a white background. And then, so then my initials just blended in. And I was like, I remember reaching out being like, Oh, um, like it's wrong. And he's like, well, no, like 99% of the time people want it on a white background. And I was like, cool. I sent you a transparent file. So that was not made aware to me. And he's like, well, that's the way the industry works. And I, I was working through some like communication and boundary stuff with a therapist at the time. And I like stood up for myself. Like I've never stood up for myself before. And I forget what his name was, but like say his name was Aaron. I was like, man, like Aaron, like, I don't know your industry standards. I'm not in the industry and no one communicated this to me. So I'm really frustrated. And he tried to like maneuver things around and like make it my fault. And he's like, well, this is going to cost our business to redo it. And I was like, yeah, that's what happens when you didn't ask me. Like no one asked me if I wanted on a white background. I wasn't aware that 99% of the time it's on a white background. Like it's a transparent one. So then they redid it. And then the DB got transparent as well. Did we ever get this rectified? No, because like he, I was like, I was like, screw it. Like, it's not even, he was such a fight to get him to redo that, that I was like, whatever. So I always joke because my sign, my decal on my door is really hard to see because it's really faint. It's like a pale pink on a door. And then there's like no white DB because um, it's just transparent. And I was like, oh my gosh, like, and why are you not sending this over for me for approval first? Yeah. No, it's funny. I can even think of calling this donut shop when I wanted to do like my last studio was called the comb. And I'm like, wouldn't it be cute to have like comb donuts, like in the shape for the class, like, of? and I called this donut place and I was like, so do you guys do donuts? And he's like, um, and I was like, you know, some places do it where it's like, like letters and, you know, you can put them in the shape and he goes, I'm sure there are places that do that. And I was like, alrighty, thank you so much for your time. But like, you know, there's a way to stay in your lane and do the work that you want to do and communicate in a kind way. You always talk about being compassionate and kind and there's something else too. That's compassion, empathy, showing you're not doing something to them or at them, but you're doing it for them. Like where that donut guy could be like, yeah, I think there are places that do that. Unfortunately, that's not what we do here. And like, as much as I'd want to help you out, you don't want me trying to make a calm donut. 
Right. I'd be like, I got you, Randy. Have a good day. Yeah. And Randy, I'll come back and buy donuts from you later because you're amazing. Yeah. It was like condescending, but it's, yeah, I just think that we, we can stay in our lane. We can do the work we want to do. And I think sometimes people are afraid to communicate the work they want to do. So like I've had people that I work with where they're like, I don't really want to do fashion colors. And I said, you know, people really appreciate if you let them know that like you have a friend who specializes in fashion colors and like explain the kind of work that you do and just explain it to them. And I've, I've had this student write back to me and say, oh my God, you're not going to believe it. The person said they usually do natural color and they're going to come to me in the future, but doing during COVID, they want something funky, but they so appreciate that I took the time and that I referred them in a direction that's going to really suit them. And I was yeah. like, that's it. That's, that, that's the thing. Like, I feel like, and that's why I talk a lot about custom consultations too. It's like, if you, I, I actually made my like second reel the other day on Instagram. Um, what's that? Is it your Hanson Umba? No, no, that was Nick and I in the mountains. It's um Spice Girls actually. Yeah. You'll have to go watch it. It's I like, it's cheesy. Like I don't, I feel so awkward doing all the real stuff like I feel like everyone does the same dance and every oh I'm going out of focus see my camera's like no um you know everyone's like on the reels like anyone I know you some of you guys might just be listening to this but if you're watching this like where they're like and pointing at things do that what's that they do that I don't know how they get the pick oh we'll talk about it it's pretty easy but but like at the same time everyone's doing the same thing And like, I guess like, yeah, cool. It gives more, I don't know. It's just not authentic to me. So I'm like, I gotta, I gotta find my own lane in the reels. But anyway, my point being is where I was saying, like when you get a new client and it's like that new client anxiety, and then they're, they've booked in for like a color with you. And then in your consultation with them, you're realizing shit, this is not my area of expertise. And, but then they've already booked in like three hours with you. And what do you do? Do you tell them like, I'm not the right person for you? And then let them walk away and like save yourself. Like, yeah, you lose out on that three hours, but you save yourself the headache of a client who's not going to be happy because you know that you can't deliver what they want. Or do you set up custom consultations ahead of time where that you create a system? And like in my program, Rock Your Consultation, I like walk people through like a whole system. Excuse me. I'm burping up my Diet Coke now. It's going to happen. I I was like tempted to just burp right into the mic for everyone. (laughs) Like reverberate. Anyway, when... um. When you do a custom consultation and the way I've taught people to set it up is it like actually weeds out the wrong people. So only the right people are coming for your consultation anyway. And then they're doing their research on you. And that's where like communicating through social media or on your website has to be really thorough as well as in-person communication. Yeah. And just even like you said about communicating, it's like communicating through your posts and through your stories and like kind of the vibe of your place, like and the vibe of the hair that you do, because I found that I don't, there aren't people that come in and want crazy things because like all that I put out is kind of the work that I do. And it's always through my voice and how I show up and it's casual kind of like, you know, like, like, but also like, I'm really honest and real and vulnerable. It's like, if you're not looking for that, then then you're not going to be drawn to it. Yeah. Absolutely. That's like when people found out they're like, you sit down and talk with someone for a half an hour. And I was like, but all the clients that come in say, wow, no one's ever taken the time to listen to me before. So I'm attracting the people that want to be heard and really listened to and talked thoroughly through the the risks and the waivers. And I lay out expectations. 
Well, and I think that you you bring bringing that up is so good because your communication style and how you communicate is going to attract and repel certain people. And they're and like you talk about, you know, in, you know, other podcasts about how you've ch- turned over your clientele a couple of times, and you're the way. You know so much about me, I love it. You know, we spent some time together, and um, I researched everything I knew about you before the series. Um, <laughs> no, uh, let me just bring out my Don Bradley binder. Like, uh, well, the notebook. I mean, I filled <laughs> with um, with with uh, everything I need to know. Um, but but uh, yeah, just being able to realize that you're communicating is going to be attracting certain new people, or or some of the clients you have. But sometimes you, your communication is going to repel current clients and it's scary and it's like they're safe but they're not healthier they're not the com- the people that you want to serve and I think that your communication style and like how you do things and even that consultation it's going to rub the wrong person like the wrong way and so it's like mm-hmm. that's ideal but I think sometimes it can be scary for us in standing in the communication that we want to have and the lives we want to have to like kind of sometimes deal with the the fallout from it. Absolutely. And I think you hit the nail on the head where it was like, um, what was it? You said something that was like, and I'm, I'm just having major brain farts as we're doing all these podcast episodes, but like how we need to repel the wrong people and we're not going to be for everyone. And we need to be okay with that. Like, and because, oh yeah, what it was you said is like, why keep the, it was the safe thing. Like people are safe, but unhealthy for us. Or there's clients that were like, they're safe and they're predictable, but they drain us. And it's not that they're a bad person in and of themselves. It's not that at all. It's just like, they're not the ideal client. And so you have to be willing to take that risk. You have to be willing to push off the mountain and create the momentum to get to the next rock, but you can't hold on to both at the same time, unfortunately. But the relationships that you'll... And, and I remember particularly when I did this big increase and I lost some clients that I had a very personal connection with, but realizing like, although it feels personal, it's still they're still paying me for a service. And so they even think you're kind of friends and family, but as soon as it doesn't serve them in a selfish, rewarding way, which is totally okay. I'm not offended by that because I'm a business. Um they're gone. And then that like grieving process of like that connection you had. But then I remember this new client coming in and her name was Catherine. And we had such an amazing deep conversation. She didn't, she knew my new prices. Like that's all she'd ever known. And she paid them. And I was like, look, there's a new relationship that's replaced these old ones. And yeah, when I moved to Calgary six years ago, I made a decision where I wasn't, I was going to have better boundaries. I was going to communicate better. I was going to stay focused on my career goals, which part of those are caring for people, but I was going to learn to be okay with, I'm going to continue going in this direction. And if people don't continue on the whole journey, that's okay. Like not everything lasts forever and client relationships and your clientele does not last forever. So we always constantly have to be okay with growing and growing, being able to grow a clientele. You don't just do it one time and being able to shed clientele too. Yeah, totally. And I thought of something as you were saying that is like my episode with Jody Brown about how, you know, like you're only serving yourself and the 
clientele you want. If like, if you're showing up as yourself on social media and all these, we're, we're, our, our fear of risking and being seen is what keeps us from the careers of our dreams because mm-hmm. people don't know you're like a nerd about the encyclopedia or whatever. Like <laughs> those people are out there. And like, if we're not willing to like get a little uncomfortable and show up as who we really are, we're going to keep the wrong people in our lives. And I feel like she's, she, you know, that episode with her, she made it like marketing and social media so fun because she was saying like, just like, what are you into? What are you about? Like, I think that so many of us thought, you know, that have been in the industry a long time, thought we had to be good to get good. And so that meant like kind of being like everyone else. And so I think what's hard is it's really scary when you haven't used that muscle for 10 years or 12 years. And then it's like, how do I tell people that I like doing macrame on the weekends? It's <laughs> and it's fun and people think it's cool. And, you know, and I think that that's why our clients are so shocked by us sometimes is because they actually didn't know us a lot of the time or, you know, us not knowing ourselves, like we brought this persona with us to work. And then mm-hmm. when we start to communicate who we are, people are like, who are you? And it's like, oh, this is who I've been. And I think communicating is like, it's just so fascinating. Yeah. And especially like when, have you ever done like a, I don't want to say a personality shift, but like rediscovered who you are and re redefined who you are in your life? Have you ever gone through any of those times? Yeah. I feel like like every, every day. Yeah. Like I, like when I moved to Calgary, I wanted to like I, I needed to physically move to kind of become who I was becoming. And every once in a while, someone from my past would be like, that's not you. Or like, that's not what you're like. And it's like, no, I'm evolving and I'm changing. And I'd get offended by it at the time. But it's like, no, we remember people for who we knew them as. And we kind of want to keep people in a box, but it's okay to change. It's okay to shift. But I was really scared to be myself in, and I know we're going to be talking a little bit more about this, is like, my the way I looked at life and I looked at the world and I looked at existence changed dramatically. And I was really scared to be open about that out of fear of like people from my past thinking, no, like this is Dawn, this is who you were. How dare you think differently? And so I was scared to show up as myself. I was scared to communicate openly. And I kind of kept myself safe in this like comfort bubble. Yeah, no, I actually hear that from stylists actually all the time that, you know, like they're scared to put themselves out there because they have people in their past or like who, where they want to go isn't where they've been, which like mm-hmm. who has been where they want to go. Yeah. But you have to be up as who, you know, and spending time around people that are going in that direction. But I think if you can keep yourself stuck by being like, what are the, those people at my old salon going to say when I like put myself out there and say that I do this, into it's like, like those people, like I tell people, like people do say kind of not the nicest things, or you do get messages that are off-putting. And like, it's good to have people you trust that you can be like, hey, that really hurt my feelings when someone DM'd me today. But at the same time, you have to just, you have to keep going. And the people that are Absolutely. that are into who they are, aren't, aren't doing that without people saying kind of cruel things at times. Yeah. It's funny. Cause I, so I did this one blog post a couple of years ago about my divorce and like one of my fears about putting it out was like, I was like, I bet you, like, I kind of know that this person's going to reach out and tell my ex-husband about it. And then I had confirmation that they did. They like within minutes saw it, reached out to him. Did you see that Don put out? And I was like, 
Wow. So interesting that like your gut knows that. And it didn't make me shy away from talking about it, but it confirmed a lot about that person to me. But also like we are fearful of what people are going to say and do, but I had to just release like, this is my story. This is what, you know, my experience with it. And people are going to talk shit about it. Like I guarantee you, I can pinpoint like... I can think immediately of one person that I used to work with that probably talked shit about me when I started putting myself out there. And I, and I, I guess I can't guarantee it, but only because she talked shit about everybody else. And, and I'm not putting that on her because I've been the person that's talked shit. And I think that's the biggest thing that's held me back is I know how I've judged and shamed other people's big, bold, badass moves um, because it made me uncomfortable because it, it proved that the excuses that were keeping me in my comfort bubble were no longer valid because someone just proved it wrong. And I don't know, I'm kind of like going off on a bunch of tangents, but. I feel like it's going to really help people to hear that because like, I think that people have, they have a voice and they have things that the world needs to hear and they're not sharing it because, because of the PAMs of the world. Well, I'm here to tell you they exist and they're going to say that stuff. Yeah, they're going to. Yeah. Are you going to really not lead into who you're supposed to be and what you're supposed to do? And I, yeah. I don't know, like, that's just like in communicating who you are, you don't stand for everything anymore. You have no. Go and like, I no, I love that because like when I first moved here, I would like get scared to post things. Um, like I remember like the first time I started teaching hair painting and I like announced that I had a class and then I was like, I can't post to get again because people will know that I haven't sold out completely after one post. And like, I had this weird, like, Oh, everyone from back home is going to be like, Oh, she really needs people to join her class. Look how desperate she is. That was my own like nasty. Sorry. I cannot still, I don't know if you've noticed. I like have to like scooch around. What's that? been here for a while yeah um I'm like I feel like you're like just sitting so perfectly still and you're the pregnant one well I don't know what to tell you I, I do feel still today you have a very yeah this is like case in point of like I'm pretty sure I have ADD <laughs> I can't sit still um <laughs> a ball, like doing the rest of it I'm like it's nothing to see here <laughs> um what was I even saying oh my gosh it was just about like you don't stand for everything when you start standing for what you believe in and then just oh yeah and and so what I was saying is like I used to think about like what are these five people from my past gonna think about this post and it's like well you know what Don who gives a flying fuck because you're not posting for those five people and so I had to stop being like I'm like I'm gonna show up for the people who need me and I actually I don't have my journal with me but every morning I write down in cap locks, this is for her. And it's like for the girl that I used to be, but also for the girl that I want to help. And it's like, it's not about anyone else. So the person that misunderstands it, the person that like, you know, like I get interesting DMs from time to time. And like, it's like, clearly people don't understand that like, they're just not my ideal client. They're not my ideal customer. So if what I say doesn't resound with them, cool, move on. Yeah, no, I love that. And I I do feel like that's, like I can tell you right now, like out of those five people, it's like, there'd be one person that was like, she's brave. I wish I could do that. The other girl would be like, who does she think she is? I don't give myself permission to say anything. You know what I mean? There's like, literally like there's, there's literally a cast of characters. There's a Jim Carrey speech about how there's going to be these players in your life and these characters. And I feel like 
there is a recurring character in every season of my life, which is kind of this mean girl. She's a recurring character. She's real. She just kind of manifests in different people. And I think that understanding that that doesn't go away, but you get happier and you get healthier and you get, you get to like find like your people. It's just, it's worth it. And that's the thing is like, you got to stop giving a fuck about what Pam thinks, right? And realizing that like Pam can be a wonderful person that's dealing with her own struggles. And so it's not necessarily a reflection of her being a bad person, but she's not ready to hear what you have to say, or she's not the right person to hear what you have to say. And so, and I even think that within our industry is like, sometimes like we're all such influential people and it can be really easy to get influenced by a person that's not the right person for you. And because, you know, they have a spotlight shone on them or, you know, your friends really like them. And then you start to think, well, this doesn't resound with me, but maybe I need to be. And realizing like there's different people for different people. And just because you don't resound with someone doesn't mean mean they're wrong or bad or doing the wrong thing. But maybe your, you know, people that you hang out with are more over here in this group. And then if you're in separate camps, I don't know if this, I feel like I'm being really elusive, but if this... you're with me um it doesn't need to be competition or like you know like i'm team this brand but you use that brand so like we have to be like at war it's like no like i get it because like you really like sustainability and environmental stuff so it makes sense to be aligned with this brand where like i really like you know helping children and it's like one's not better than the other it's just you got to find where you click I don't yeah. even know if that pertains to what we're talking about anymore. What I was going to say too is that like realizing like, like I have compassion for people that are not nice because it's like hurt people hurt people. But at the mm-hmm. end of the day, what I say when people are like, do you keep in touch with so-and-so? Or it's like, you know, we never really got off on the best foot. And I, I have compassion for that person because I believe that there isn't a good person and a bad person. And uh, I believe people can get healthier and get better. I'm just not sticking around to see how it ends. Yeah. I wish them well. That's what I think about like uh, this guy that I dated once. Like he got so nasty after we broke up. It was so weird. He got so nasty and I was like, oh, he's hurting. Um, And like, I wish him well and I hope he grows up and I hope he becomes a better person, but like, I'm not going to be part of it. Yeah, like wash your hands of people and keep it moving. Like yeah. I love what Brendan Burchard says about how like, you know, like, like let life be their teacher. You don't need to like be the karma, just mm-hmm. handing out people's karmas. Like life does that. Absolutely. And you can keep it moving and wish them well and know that like they get hit with the storm you got hit with at one time, then you, you'll want to give them the best of luck. Yeah. I'm so curious. Cause like, I don't know, do you have any resentment towards people in your past? Like, does it like you try, like, you're like, I'm giving them compassion. I'm giving them love, but the resentment's still there a little bit. I believe. Yes. I, and I don't know. I, I'm, I'm just hoping that some of that dissipates over time. Yeah. Cause I think that's the thing that I want to be really raw and honest with anyone listening or watching in is like, it's not like we've figured it out and we're like, we like love and light and, you know, we're just going to like, be just happy people and like lie to ourselves that we don't have these real emotions and like resentment and frustration and anger can still be underlying. And you have to like choose to try to be like, okay, I forgive you again, even though you haven't asked for forgiveness or I'm going to like send, you know, compassionate vibes because this is going to help me, but I still freaking so angry at you. 
Well, yeah, and sometimes I feel like we've given people the benefit of the doubt so many times or we've given this, like, idea of, like, we're just like, oh, I think I know what they meant by that or whatever. And then when you get hit in the face or sometimes this happened to me a couple of years later with you're like, oh, my gosh, like, I've given this person such a benefit of the doubt and this is not at all what happened. I find that some of that resentment and that frustration and that, like, lack of forgiveness sometimes comes up later than you think. And, mm-hmm. like me, it definitely has where I'm like, oh my gosh, like I was telling myself this beautiful fairy tale story about endings and blah, blah, blah. And then like, sometimes it's a year or two later and you're like, oh my gosh, you've sold yourself this dream of what actually happened. And so for me, sometimes it's like grieving the story I told myself of like what actually transpired and realizing that like, I am actually angry still because like, oh my gosh, like I, I, I gave myself a Disney version of what happened because I <laughs> I couldn't live with it. And I, I painted a beautiful picture. And now like there are people that will ask me things and I'll be like, you know what? We actually don't keep in touch. You know, I actually, I think I wanted to be friends and I think I wanted it to be something. And I just, I don't know that it ever really was. And people get it. They're like, cause you know what? If people are being really honest. They've been in that situation too. Everybody with, has. Yeah. Or business partnership or a family relationship to be something that it really just wasn't. Yeah. And I think like recognizing that, like, like I always say there's a beginning and an end to everything. And it makes me sound really skeptical and really cynical, but the sooner like we can learn to communicate how, like, I even think with like, with clients, I tell them in their, for, in their consultation, like there may be a day where I don't like, maybe you stay with me for five years. Maybe you don't, maybe you stay with me forever, but I want you to know that like, I never want you to feel like an obligation or an expectation to be seeing me out of like thinking that you have to know that it's okay. That like, if all of a sudden your style changes or if your schedule can't work with mine, like there is no harm and no foul. And I like preemptively talk about the end in the beginning because everything regard, like, you know, like we hope in life that like our partnerships end in like, death hopefully like would be you know but like there's a beginning and an end to everything on this earth whether you know regardless of reason and the more we can start to like think of things of like cyclical and some things are for my my mom used to have this thing up in our house where it's like a friend comes into your life for a season a reason or a lifetime and like not it doesn't just because it ends sooner than other things doesn't mean it's worse off you know some of my biggest life lessons have come from short short term things yeah, and I think we'd be a lot happier sooner and not sit in the suffering as long because like, yeah, like life happens and you do have pain and things don't happen the way you thought and you have pain or whatever. But like, I think we choose to sit in it too long by being like, not re- recognizing that that person was a season or that person had a reason, but they're they're not. It's like, you can have people that were a season live in your life the whole your whole life and like, that's not healthy or happy. No. And I think this is like such a, cause our next episode that we're going to be doing is all about faith. And I think this is like such a good segue into that episode because that's what we're going to be getting into is like how to have faith through those tough seasons. And I'm really excited for the next episode. Yeah, we gotta, we're going to lean into that because where we're leaving you off is kind of like, wah, wah, wah. Oh, yeah. wah, wah, wah. have a good day. <laughs> Peace. Um, so if you had to leave some everyone with just a little uplifting note, what would it be? I would say that nothing's for you ever passes you by. And that doesn't mean things don't go out to sea or some things never come back. But if it's for you and it's meant to be in your life, that's people, that's career moves, that's everything, anything. 
it comes, it, it, what's for you does not pass you. I love that. Awesome. What a good place to end off. Yes.